We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on the show. The AFA at The Core, my name is Walker Wildman, and uh, glad to have you with us today. Hey, our website is AFR.net. AFR.net is our website. We also have a mobile application out there uh, at your nearest app store that you can uh, download. Just type in AFR or you can type in American Family Radio. You can download the app. We are live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube. Just type in AFA at the core on both of those platforms or either of those platforms and you can watch the show live. And then lastly, AFA streaming is launched and we are uploading the show each afternoon. After the show, we're uploading the video Uh, from the live show to our AFA streaming platform so that you can watch it at your convenience. So if you would like to watch the show later, watch AFA at the core later on our streaming platform, you can do so by going there and creating a free account. Streaming.afa.net is the URL. Streaming.afa.net is the URL. Our verse of the week is out of the book of Proverbs. These are our last two verses out of the book of Proverbs. Towards the scorners, God is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. That's out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, 34 and 35. So don't be scornful. Be humble. And if you're wise, you'll inherit honor. Out of the book of Proverbs, verse 34 and 35, that's our scripture for the week. The uh, jury is now meeting and deliberating uh, regarding the Kyle Rittenhouse case and prosecution. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, As you heard in the opening of the show, this is what we're experiencing right now in America and really around the world is a battle of worldviews. What we experience day in, day out, is a battle of worldviews. I mean, all the topics and the current events that I discussed on the show today are all about which worldview you hold and whether your worldview aligns with Scripture, aligns with God's Word. And what we, what we often realize is that, is that many people are building their worldviews not based on the Word of God, but based on falsehoods, based on things that are not true, um, or just things that are uh, based in one's own way of thinking. You know, God created us to where we can we can either think like Him, we can think and, and think and believe the things of God, or we can stray. You look throughout Scripture, you see time and time again where man 
thinks that he knows best. Where man wants to defy God and do his own thing, thinking that that's somehow going to turn out good. And it never does. Ask Adam and Eve about that. Trying to go their own way, they thought they were wise, but they were fools. Um, So we need to be shaping our worldview. We need to be forming our worldview around the Word of God, relying on the Holy Spirit to lead us in the right direction and form a worldview that is built on the Word of God. So that's what we're trying to help you do here at American Family Association and American Family Radio. The vision of American Family Association is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training. One thing I want to talk about beyond the... Uh, we'll talk about the Rittenhouse case next segment. One thing I want to get to, to right now is this battle over whose worldview is going to be carried out, whose worldview is going to dominate when it comes to the Republican National Party. I talked about this extensively yesterday, but I just can't talk about it enough. And what started this Well, this has been going on for some time, but the latest example of the Republican Party leadership not following their own party platform is the example where the Republican National Committee hosted an event at Mar-a-Lago in Florida where they brought in this group called the Log Cabin Republicans. Well, doesn't that sound nice, Walker? That sounds like a really nice group. Well, not so much, not so fast. The the log cabin Republicans were formed by people who want to promote sexually deviant behavior. Th- that's what that's what this group was formed by and for. All right. When you go to the log cabin Republicans website. They talk about, on their, on their About Us page, they talk about how they want to promote the LGBT community. Well, what is, you got to ask yourself, well, what is the LGBT community? And if you've got your kids listening, you probably want to tune it out. You probably want to turn the volume down uh, because we're talking about deviant behavior here, all right? And we're talking about stuff that you, as a parent, probably want to handle on your own terms, on your own time, and not on American Family Radio. So if you've got, uh, if you've got uh, kids listening, you probably want to turn the volume down, change the channel, come back later, listen to my podcast. But the log cabin Republicans, they exist to promote people and, and, and values that are deviant, that deviate from God's word and God's design from human sexuality. And this is where we, if, if we lose sight of our core values, if we lose sight of what we believe in, the fundamentals of our belief system as Christians, if we lose sight of that, this is what happens. The leadership of the Republican Party, as I've mentioned several times, the Republican Party platform that is supposed to drive the party and steer the party, the platform in and of itself is a good platform. I've read the majority of it. Much of what is in the Republican Party platform aligns with Scripture, aligns with God's Word. But the Republican National Committee decided to have this event, this fundraiser, 
um, and, and this event down at Mar-a-Lago with the Log Cabin Republicans. And so the question I have is, is should the Republican Party be cozying up and partnering with this group that solely exists to promote that which is against God's word? And what is against God's word? Two men engaging in sexual intercourse. Two women engaging in sexual intercourse. That is against God's word. That's immoral. That's deviant. And we should not be partnering with groups that exist for the fundamental goal of promoting that bad behavior. Because if, if, if the Republican National Committee thinks that they should partner with the log cabin Republicans, then why don't they partner with people who have clubs that commit adultery? Or why don't they partner with groups that exist to promote fornication? All in the name of adding Republican voters to the rolls. And the reality is, and you would probably agree, is that they shouldn't do that. The Republican Party platform should not partner with groups that are against their very own platform. And and the three things I'm going to mention here is the three things that I found that the Log Cabin Republicans promote. These are key issues that they promote. The first one is fairness for all. This is a whole section of their website, fairness for all. As Republicans, we understand, I'm reading from their website, we understand that all people are created equal. While our values matter and should be protected, we understand that our values and rights should never supersede the rights of others. That's why we at the Log Cabin Republicans support the Fairness for All Act. What is the Fairness for All Act? Well, it's, it's an attempted compromise that only compromises the religious liberty that is enshrined in our Constitution, in the First Amendment. This Fairness for All is garbage. Mark my word. They've been trying to promote this. Uh, some call it the Utah Compromise. All it does is it doesn't force the people who believe in this sexually deviant behavior to compromise anything. It means that Christians who own businesses like Jack Phillips, well, they should compromise their values. They should compromise their beliefs. And my argument to this whole equality uh, talking point is we have, we already have an equal protections clause in the Constitution that means that you and I, that Bobby and I, have to be treated the same under the rule of law. That is equal protection. That is equality, and that's already in place. Uh, another core issue that they promote is adoption amongst homosexual, quote-unquote, couples, which is directly antithetical to God's Word and His design for human sexuality and flourishing families. We do not need, it is bad public policy, it is immoral to promote the idea and the policy that two men should be able to adopt. That is bad, and it's unbiblical, and it's immoral. So the Republican Party should not be partnering with the law cabin Republicans who have these fundamentally unbiblical beliefs that don't align with Scripture. And so the, uh, that's, that's a, the second issue. The third one is this hoax of conversion therapy. 
I mean, this is like I, I read the Log Cabin Republicans website and their key issues, and I feel like I'm on the DNC website. I feel like I'm on the Democrat National Committee website reading their their positions. The last issue is conversion therapy that the Log Cabin Republicans claim to care about, claim to be fighting for, and that is banning conversion therapy. Well, folks, they they make this conversion therapy sound like this big, bad boogeyman that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. What they're talking about is being able to go talk to a counselor who believes in God's word and believes in God's design for human sexuality and wants to counsel you in the direction of God's word and affirming how God created you instead of going down the path of deviancy and perversion. That's what they call conversion therapy. So if you have a pastor that simply wants to counsel someone who is struggling with homosexuality, if you have a pastor that simply wants to counsel them and lead them towards God's word and towards them having fullness in Christ Jesus, that is called conversion therapy, and the log cabin Republicans want to outlaw it, which goes directly against the First Amendment and the key issue in the Republican Party platform of religious liberty. Now, if, if, if the Republican National Committee disagrees with me, well, then the people running it need to change parties. Because here's the thing, and this happens with churches, this happens with denominations. People come in who don't fundamentally believe in the institution and the core values that make up the institution, yet they want to come in and eat the fruit off the tree and hijack the institution for their purposes. Instead of starting their own party that's like a hybrid between Republican and Democrat, instead of starting their own party, which they wouldn't have any support for, not much at least, these people who don't fundamentally believe in the Republican Party platform, they come in and they hijack the party for their purposes and deviate it and turn it away from the very things, the very principles that it was founded on. The Republican National Committee, let me reiterate, has no business partnering with the log cabin Republicans. Point blank. That's it. As simple as can be. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in just a few minutes. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Buzz Aldrin is the famed astronaut who planted the American flag on the moon and explored it for some 21 hours. What many don't know, however, is what Mr. Aldrin did to commemorate the moon landing. Aldrin, a committed Christian and elder in his local church, marked the incredible occasion by celebrating Holy Communion. The first meal ever eaten on the moon was a celebration of the Lord's table a lunar declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, and soon-coming King. That is pretty cool. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. The most recent youth volunteering and civic engagement survey found that 55% of teenagers participated in volunteer activities, contributing 1.3 billion hours of service nationwide. The study also noted that youth volunteer twice the amount of adults. The same study found the average person spends about 52 hours per year volunteering their time. For a total of one week a year, the average American is shifting focus away from themselves and instead focusing on bettering the world. As feelings of isolation and fear continue to mount among young girls, let's keep in mind the powerful altruistic force that is civic engagement. Volunteering locally is a proven way to reduce anxiety and promote a sense of community. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. Think what you could do with that. But if you join right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. And MediShare is really different. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. More than 400,000 people are members and they've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yes, they can handle your bills, too. This may be the time to make the switch. Join before November 30th for the additional savings. It's so easy to find out more. They're great to talk to. In fact, you can get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us for the second segment of today's show. In studio with me is my brother, Wesley Wildman, Vice hey, President hey. of Outreach. Hey, Wesley, glad How's to have you on. Glad to be on. Are your, are your listeners glad to listen to you or me or us? Well, I, well you know, we, we, know? we may have to do a poll to see if they like you or me more. Okay. Um, you know, but, I was, but I'm going to have access to the <laughs> algorithm on the backside. Yeah, there you go. So if it doesn't go how I like, can I can alter me. it. No, you can just, just call him Zuck. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't turn out how I think it should, we're just going to nix the whole poll thing, and I'll just tell him we had a technical difficulty. Okay. You sound like a Democrat. Yeah. Well, hey. you know, you got to do what you got to do to win. Hey, listen, the reason I said that is because I'm noticing y'all are doing a couple new things. Uh, I, I feel like every couple weeks y'all freshen it up, and I notice y'all are taking calls on Wednesdays. Is that right? That's right. Wednesday, the last segment? Last segment on Wednesdays. Are now you going to call in or something? I may. No, I just noticed that, and that's that may be a trial run. That could go both ways. You look like see. you want to be part well, of see, that. But well, see, the thing is, Wesley, is I've already done it. Okay. I've taken calls at least two weeks. Is that right, Bobby? You, right. You've broken the ice. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think it's ice. two It's two weeks now. Yeah. And All it's, right. it's gone pretty well. Good, and we've got some we got some really, really good call screeners, too. They we know do. what they're doing. We do, and we got some really good callers. I yeah. mean, they come in with some good points. I learned stuff from our callers. Yep. Hey, Wesley, I want to play this clip. You know, we've been uh, – first, it was 15 days to slow the spread. <laughs> I laugh when I talk about this. At first, it was 15 days to slow the spread. Then it was we need to produce and deploy a vaccine so that we can move on and get back to normal. Now uh, it is everybody, 100% of the population, has to get the shot no matter what. Don't ask any questions. 
Now it's uh, let's get the booster. If you don't have the booster, you're considered unvaccinated. And then after that, it'll be the second booster. And I don't know how long. Well, you laid that out really well. That's exactly the timeline over the last what? Yeah, it's been about almost two years now. Yeah, and they act like th- yeah. they move the goalposts and they like run up the whole field, but they act like nobody's been out there. Right. Nobody's been, ch- nobody's been moving goalposts. What are you talking about? It's always been in that location. Hey, this clip here, this is clip five. This is a montage of all the Democrats saying that there will be no vaccine mandate. Yes. Clip five, let's listen. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. And no federal mandate requiring everyone to obtain a single vaccination credential. We're not counting on vaccine mandates at all. Those are decisions the federal government is not going to make. You're not going to see a central mandate coming from the federal government. That's not the role of the federal government. You know, at the federal level, I don't have the... Uh, the authority to either mask mandate or, or vaccine mandate. That's not uh, what we do at the federal level. Definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take the vaccine. We've never done that. There will be no federal mandate. This is a decision that historically uh, has not come from the federal government around vaccine mandates. That has not happened ever, to my knowledge, at a national level. There you um, have it. <laughs> your, respon- oh. your response, Wesley. Oh, my word. You know... Uh, I was just recently, before I commented that, I heard a similar one or identical one that had to do with the particulars of the mask mm. and how they're, and you know, we weren't going to mandate mask, mask uh, didn't work. Or whether you need one or three. We one or three. You know, I said that early on. I made that joke uh, at the beginning. Uh, I said that I made that joke. I made that con- that correlation that uh, if one mask works, uh, or works halfway decent or we think it can work, why not two, three, or four? Because if ultimately, the uh, at the end of all this, at the end of the trail, you have two things. You have one, you have uh, a control. So that somebody wants to control you yeah. uh, on what you do with your body. And number two, there is a, a certain level of virtue signaling that one person implies that I care about more people. I care about people more than you do. Yes. And it's supposed it's it's. At the beginning of all this, I will give them this. That was a pretty good sh- – the first couple of weeks, couple of months, that was a uh, a shutdown point of conversation from the liberals' perspective. It was a mic drop moment mic for drop them. for them because we didn't have enough evidence, history. We didn't have enough information on it to, to, to really make uh, educated um, decisions on, on, on masks and other things. The, uh, my original position on this was more so from a, um, I know where this is going to end up tyrannically and, yes. and mandating wise. So from that position, I disagreed with it, all of it from the beginning. But I really couldn't argue from a medical standpoint. Does mask really do work on week three? I don't, right. you know. But I just know that you're about to tell me to do this for the rest of my life, and I'm not doing it. Yes, but you, you now, didn't want to open that door, right? I didn't want to open that door from a constitutional standpoint. Yeah. That's why all of the uh, Abe Hamilton the third and AFA together, we put out at the very beginning of this when they uh, did the shutdown and locking your stay in your house for so many days. We put out, look, there's only three reasons that you can get away with this. One, it has to be universal for all businesses all across the board, not just Lowe's. Not just well, well, not just small business. Not just small too. business, but it also includes, and so it had to be evenly a thing. It had to be it had to be temporary. Yeah, you know, you have to had a start and a date. <laughs> but my point is, um, is that at the beginning of this, that's where we were. But now, 
now almost two years later almost two years later what we have now with the studies coming from different countries as well yes like israel uh, and the, and the things that we know about different states you know some states are more vaccinated than other states and those states have the same or equal or more uh um covid cases yes so at this point, the whole virtue signaling thing from a medical and a scientific standpoint, we can eliminate that. We yeah. can drop that. We don't have to go. We, someone cares about somebody more than another person. Now let's just look at this. Now that we have the history, yes, we have the we two have years. The information. Let's look at the yeah, two and, years. And of the to data. your point, it's what they did to the American public was so unfair in that they pushed out these safe and effective talking points before we knew before we know whether it's safe and effective, which right. puts people like you and I who are, we're not anti-vax, but we're also no. not, hey, force the jab in everybody's arm either. We're just kind of hanging out in the middle, like, where do we go? Mm. And the one side's saying safe and effective, but we look on the other side and there's no data to back that up. Right. And now we're starting to get data and boy, is it not looking good. One example, go ahead. and then I'm going to play a clip for sure. you to comment on. Um this is out of the Connecticut today, NBCConnecticut.com. Eight people um, are dead at a nursing home with uh, just shy of 100 uh, more being infected. And of the, of the uh, 89 infections, 87 people were fully vaccinated. Uh, wait, so, wait, say that again. Yeah, this nursing home ha- currently has 89. I heard you, but. Yeah, 89 <laughs> COVID infections at this Connecticut nursing home. Of okay. the 89, 87 of them that are infected are fully vaccinated. Gotcha. Um, so that happened to, that's going on right now. Uh, but this clip I want to play for you to comment on, Wesley, is out of Michigan. This is Saginaw um, County, Michigan. Well, they had to close their school Monday, yesterday, not because of COVID cases, but because of adverse reactions to the COVID-19 shot clip four. Mark Boyan shows us today it was something other than COVID-19 that forced one Saginaw County School District to close their doors today. Saginaw Township Community Schools closed for today. At first, you might be thinking COVID-19 is to blame, but a district spokesperson tells me a large number of staff members had negative reactions to the COVID-19 booster they received over the weekend. Now, according to the CDC, some of the most common side effects of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID booster are pain at the injection site, fatigue, muscle pain, headache, and fever, also the chills and nausea. For the J&J booster, the CDC says fever, fatigue, fatigue and headache were some of the more common symptoms. Recent data from the CDC shows among 12,500 people who received a third dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, 79% reported those local reactions like pain and itching at the injection site, while 74% reported the systemic reactions like muscle pain and fatigue. Now going back to the district, they also say what complicates the situation even more is the substitute teacher shortage, which is why the district had to completely shut down. You may remember just last week, Swan Valley schools had to close also because of a staffing shortage. In Saginaw County, Mark Bullion, ABC 12 News. How did this get reported? This is the stuff. That I we, am surprised. This is the stuff that we've been hearing from one person to another through word of mouth, which then when you go to report has some validity, but it just doesn't carry the same weight as yeah. it does. Uh, I, you know what? 
I got to think that it just so happened that there were so many at one time. Well, they had they to couldn't shut, cover it yeah, up. Yeah, they had to shut down the entire school. That's that's probably about as far. I'm still surprised that they covered it as thoroughly as they did. Well, according but, to this article, uh, to your point, Wesley, this is an ABC 12 article, but they, the, I think the media went to the school looking for it to be closed down because of COVID-19 infections. Okay. They get there. And it's not closed down because of that. It's closed down because many of the teachers got the booster shot on Friday and felt so bad that they couldn't show up to work on Monday. So yeah. they, they were the media was stuck in this position yeah. of just leaving and not covering it at all, and they chose not to. Yeah, that goes back to um, I've had several uh, people that are friends of mine that are about my age in their 30s, and they've gotten it for different reasons, primarily because early on, they were forced to, I say forced to, at the time, this was about a year ago, they got them, not primarily because they were forced to or for different reasons in the medical field, or they felt obligated, felt pushed to, yeah. and they did so, and they had adverse reactions. They, in fact, they were actually out of work. This is this is crazy. They were out of work for a week as, a, the ad, as an adverse reaction to the COVID shot, the, the first one. Yes, the very they, first one they that felt, came out. They felt that bad afterwards. Exactly. So you know what that you know that's why, uh, as you mentioned earlier, and we'll we'll state it again, and we'll, and we'll continue to repeat this throughout these these conversations. But we're net we're not anti medicine, anti shots, or anti vaccine. What I believe to be true is is very similar to what Aaron Rodgers said, and that's that he wanted wanted the ability and has the ability constitutionally to weigh. Yeah. The risk of whether it's more detrimental or detrimental or more complicated to his body to get the shot. That, talking about the adverse reactions, or is it a better chance for him to just wait and see if he gets it? And then if he gets it, he may be like most of those that are uh, forty-five and under, thirty-five and under, who just have very mild, if any. Or asymptomatic is yeah. essentially what it is. Yeah, and he so, got, he ended up getting the virus, and he's fine. He he yeah. played in the football game. He set, played in the Sunday. football. That's right. And too, um, he did a lot of things of preventative actions that also I believe without the shot. So he didn't get. He never got the shot. He did preventative measures, measures, and in as a result of those vitamin regiments that he was doing, he was tested every day for over a year wow. before he got COVID. Wow. So just think about that for a moment. He was tested every day. Now, of course, in his interview, for those who were able to listen to, he points out the hypocrisy. You just test him. You told me I don't have COVID, but now I have to go back to the six-feet mask and the whole hoorah when I leave the testing site. Because I don't have the jab. Right. Because it's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of silly. But, you know, we'll, there's a lot to cover here, and we'll get back to it. Hey, with a couple minutes, what do we got, three minutes left? Yeah, about minutes? three or four. Hey, there's a couple things I wanted to point out as it relates to AFA. There's a lot of things that happen here at AFA that you won't know about unless you uh, – there's a lot of things you'll know about through the radio, through email, through our magazine, and things like that. But there's a lot of, um, uh, if you will, by, um, behind the scenes or inside scoop uh, or inside baseball is another way to say it that you wouldn't know about if you're not connected with us financially. We offer a lot of – things to those that financially support what we do in addition to the, just the radio side of what we do. And I just wanted to mention a couple of those things, and then we'll end with our streaming platform that yeah. we can talk about. So we offer, as a result of being a financial contributor to what we do, we have a what I call an inside baseball scoop of the things that we're working on behind the scenes 
with uh, different people and different people around the world and around America on a quarterly conference call that we have with some of our supporters and our listeners. Every three to four months, I put that on, and those that uh, contribute to what we do will most likely be a part of that call. We rotate uh, to make sure we get everyone in there because we are limited. Uh, Also, too, I like to travel, so each summer we'll provide some type of donor appreciation night or a town hall. These are things that you would get invited to if you're a financial contributor of what we do. Uh, There's just other ways that we like to connect that much more, that one extra step to those that financially support what we do. Uh, We also provide different types of virtual town halls, things that you would be invited to to there that you wouldn't otherwise be included to. So, um, And last but not least, Walker, for those that contribute to us monthly, on a monthly basis, they're also offered now a video streaming platform, the AFA Streaming, AFA streaming.afa.net. That's AFA streaming platform where they can find all of our uh, video content, not just limited to our radio program video streaming there, but also uh, any of the documentaries we've done, any of the uh, short videos we've been a part of, uh, all of our cultural institutes, which yes. provides a lot of education to those that are uh, uh, either homeschooling or you have a Sunday school class, just a whole lot of content. But there's some things that you just won't get um, if you're not financially contributing to us. So we want to encourage you as a director of vice president of outreach here at American Family Association. I just want to encourage you to join us, be a part of us. And I want to say for those that already do that, thank you. Thank yeah, you did, for supporting what we do. Wesley, did you mention the monthly magazine and newsletter? I did I did mention uh, the magazine. I wasn't specific. The magazine that I'm talking about is the AFA Journal. Correct. And that's a journal that we'll send you uh, once a month that provides uh, a synopsis of the projects and things that we're doing here at AFA. You know, I, I, I was trying to figure out how I was going to say this, but I think I've got it. I think I got it now, but... Back there in the Trump days when he was in office, there was a lot of communication that we had with the White House. Yes. And we were able to report on that during our quarterly conference calls to our financial supporters. Uh, that's I'd say that to say that's where that's what that contributes to, and that's yeah. what we hope that you'd be a part of. There's things like that that uh, those conference calls are crucial to, and we want to ask you to partner with us financially and help us do the things that we do. Yeah, when you, when you support AFA, we are pushing our values onto elected officials and, and, and individuals and entities that are influencing public policy in America. And we are doing that all with a biblical worldview. We have some, hey, thank you. We have some fun things coming up in New Year's, and we'll keep you uh, posted. All right, there you have it. Thanks, Wesley. All right, thank you. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hannah's Heart, a half-hour program specifically designed to encourage Christian couples walking through infertility and miscarriage. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, Mm -hmm. but this is a show that says however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White each Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. You can find the podcast at AFR.net. If life seems so stormy that you fear for the future, you owe it to yourself to read what Mason Beasler has written for the AFA Journal. 
His article, Trial by Storm, Trained for Service, takes a look at how the storms of this world have the potential to shape the largest generational people group on Earth, Gen Z. He shares the insights and understanding of Gen Z from ORU President Dr. William Wilson to reveal their struggles and share hope for the future. Read this article and more when you visit afajournal.org. Hi, I'm Will. And I'm Miki. And we've been married 16 years. You know, one of the things that Miki asked me before we got married, she's like, why do you want to marry me? What is it about, about me? Really, the Lord had put on my heart that God was putting us together for destiny and for purpose, and that he had a ministry that he desired to do through us, that, you know, we were both ministering on our own, but together that God was going to, you know, use us to minister. There is no one who is closer to you than your spouse, and there is no one who knows you better, and this is by God's design. Marriage is the first institution that God has given us to to shape us and to mold us and to show us ourselves. It's a beautiful picture. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Oliver Wendell Holmes once said that simplicity on this side of complexity was worth nothing and that simplicity on the other side of complexity was worth everything. Karl Barth, perhaps the greatest theological mind in the last 100 years, was asked what he had learned after a long life of study. I have learned, he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. After the complexity and confusion of modern life, I don't know about you, but that works for me and it's enough. Jesus really does like me, probably about 10% more than he likes you. I'm Steve Brown. You think about that. Share what you just heard with a friend. Go to you think about that. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio. I'm Walker Wildman. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net, and download the American Family Radio app. Both of those places you can download, you can listen to the Core podcast. We post it each day. And you can go there and listen at your convenience. We got a lot of podcast listeners out there who listen to the core at their convenience, maybe during their break, on the way home, on the way to work in the morning. A lot of different times that you can listen to the core there on the AFR app and on the AFR.net website. This story I want to close on this topic is um, this story is out of Axios, which is really more of a left leaning outlet, but nonetheless. Axios is reporting today that the Biden administration plans imminent booster expansion to all adults in America. So the Biden administration is expected to begin the process of expanding the booster authorization to all adults as early as this week, according to a source familiar with internal planning. Uh, So this, this is setting the stage for a booster mandate. This is setting the stage, mark my word, this is setting the stage for a booster mandate. And for for those of you out there, and there are many, 
that thought, and I really can't blame, after all the safe and effective propaganda, you know, I really can't blame people who genuinely believed that if they got their shot, the first two rounds at least, that our country, that COVID would be eradicated and that our country would be able to go back to normal pre-pandemic activities. People believe that, and I really can't blame them because the propaganda was so heavy and so effective and so influential uh, that people just bought it quickly, got in line. They were the first in line to get their shots. And now we're finding out that that was a very disingenuous propaganda move by the Biden administration and the CDC, even under President Trump. The safe and effective narrative was not true. So here we are, and the shot, it's questionable about whether it's safe. Well, it depends on who we're talking about. Are we talking about the people, the thousands, the tens of thousands who have had adverse reactions? I'm sorry, the hundreds of thousands who have had adverse reactions to the shot? It, it wasn't safe for them. So how can you market and, and propagandize something as safe definitively Beyond the shadow of a doubt, with no caveats, no disclaimers, when you know there's adverse reactions. On the efficacy, if the, if the shots are so effective, why are we going for boosters? Why are we going for boosters? We're going for boosters because everyone now realizes that the shots don't work. They claim they're effective at three to six months, but we don't even know that. We genuinely don't even know that. That is still a guess. There is no definitive evidence that proves that the shots are wholly effective against COVID-19 and all of its variations for three to six months. That is total guesswork, total flipping coins. There is no definitive evidence that proves that. And they know that. They absolutely know that. That's why we're going for boosters. And we don't even know if the boosters work. All right. Total guesswork. Nobody knows but let's throw it out there anyway. And so it's time, you folks out there who are kind of in the middle, maybe you got in line to get your shot because you thought we could end the pandemic and we were all duped about that. It's time for you to now come stand beside me and say no more. Unless you want to get booster after booster after booster until Jesus comes back. Because that's what they want you to do. Mark my word, in the next 90 days, the Biden administration, the federal government will require a booster shot in order for you to be considered fully vaccinated. It's coming down the pipeline. They're doing the paperwork now. As soon as they authorize the shots for all adults, the mandate will follow. And all these federal employees and these federal contractors that are getting lined up to get jabbed right now to keep their job they're going to be considered unvaccinated in about 30 to 60 days. And then they'll be given another 30 or 60 to get their booster or they'll be back on the bad list. They'll be back on the naughty list of the unvaccinated. Uh, so if you've had enough of this, if you don't want to get a booster every three months, then you better start speaking up now. Then you better start speaking up now because those of us have been speaking out on this for months now. It's time for some of you to join the crowd. Uh, moving uh, on to a couple other topics. I'm going to play this clip of the Bayer company executive and you know you t you listen to Robert Dr. Robert Malone the inventor of the mRNA technology you listen to Dr. Robert Malone Dr. Peter McCullough 
Dr. David Wiseman, two of the three which we've had on the show here, uh, they say that this mRNA technology is not very, it's not settled in the scientific and medical community, meaning there's not widespread consensus that this mRNA technology is the best technology to use in vaccines, to use in shots. Well, the Bayer executive admits the same thing. This is about a 26-second clip. Clip one, let's listen. Ultimately, the, uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a, a gene, th- gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body, we would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before. Well, you can call it innovation. That's not what I would call it. I would call it America and the world got duped. I would not call this innovation, my friend. Uh, But you can propagandize it and do like the Chinese Communist Party is and just repeat the same lie over and over again. And everybody's like, yeah, sure. Let's do this technology. Let's do this innovation. The innovation that doesn't work. Have you ever heard of that? Let's innovate to something that doesn't work. Um, I'm going to play that one more time. This is the Bayer executive. Let me remind you, this is the Bayer executive admitting that pre-pandemic, the American public would not have accepted this mRNA technology to put into their bodies because of its lack of safety and efficacy data. Clip one, let's listen. Ultimately, the, uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a uh, uh, gene, th- gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body, we would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before. All right. Well, there you have it. That was uh, one of the, a Bayer executive at the World Health Summit 2021 held in Berlin, October 24th through 26th. Um, that was pulled from that speech there. So had we not had the COVID-19 pandemic, this mRNA technology would not be on the market because nobody would agree to put it in their body. Um, uh, Let's see. The clip I wanted to play yesterday, I'm going to play today. This is a a well-known professional bike rider, mountain bike rider, by the name of Kyle Warner. Kyle Warner got the shot. He was trying to do his part, as people say. He was trying to... He wanted to travel internationally and continue his bike riding career. So he lined up being a good American citizen, got his shot. Well, now he can't ride his bike because he had a vaccine injury, a vaccine-induced injury. Uh, This is a clip, a very emotional clip from Kyle Warner talking about his struggles and how no one wants to talk to him now about his vaccine injury, clip three. I have a lot of love and support, and I appreciate that, but it's so hard to just be constantly berated by people all the time just for trying to share my story and like all i've tried to do this whole time to advocate for a conversation i'm not trying to tell you what to do or tell you what not to do i'm just saying here's a data point that you can look at and factor into your decision because i will tell you right now that like my life has completely changed and i've lost friends i've lost family members i've lost all of these things just by going through this situation and i got vaccinated to try to do my part and, you know, I got injured, which sucks, and it's a rare thing, right? But it doesn't feel rare when it happens to you. But if I would have got COVID and if I would have had all these same symptoms and dealt with this whole thing through COVID, I wouldn't be hated so much. I don't know how the toxicity of people 
has become worse than the disease that we're fighting. We've done such a job as people of trying to remain human. It's so hard because people don't know what this is like until it happens to you. And I empathize with people that have had issues with COVID. I empathize with people that have had other issues throughout the pandemic or other things, right? But to be injured by this thing that's so toxic in society where you can't even talk and you can't get support, you can't tell people even like, I had a hard time finding a therapist because when you say vaccine injury, they're like, oh, you're crazy. And it's like, I don't know how, what we're supposed to do as people. And I'm just sad at where we are right now. And like I said, I'm going to take a break for a while. And so I just wanted to kind of post this. And like I said, I'm sorry that I can't continue to speak out for the people that do need it. This is this is where we are in America. This is where we are. Uh, there are people speaking up against this. There are people filing lawsuits. There are people forming coalitions to fight this insanity. But in my opinion, there's just not enough. Everyone, everyone who wants to have control over their bodily autonomy, who wants to be able to decide what medications they inject into their body or they consume into their body, should be speaking out against the mandates and the coercion brought about by the big pharmaceutical companies that are making billions of dollars. I read a report today where these these companies that are selling these shots that don't work and are not safe, they are making $1,000 a second. So while livelihoods are being destroyed, this is some of the sickest stuff I've ever seen. While livelihoods are being destroyed... While this professional mountain biker, Kyle Warner, is having to relearn how to ride his bike because of his vaccine injury. While nurses who served on the front lines of the pandemic for almost two years, tirelessly working 10, 12, 15, 20 hours a day, while they're doing their part, here we are where we're firing people and shaming people for not wanting to do the experiment. And I've just never seen anything like this. It's, it's an absolute shame. And please, I'm begging you out there to begin speaking up. And as I mentioned with Steve Dace last week, we've got to have enough people to say no. We've got to have enough people to say no before people will, th- these companies and these government officials will start to reassess what's going on and say, you know what, maybe this is a bad idea. And there are some examples of that. So, so let me, let, let's be clear. This isn't all bad news. Um, I've got a story right here of a California school board. I mean, this stuff should be a no-brainer, but nonetheless, you've got to take a victory where a victory is. A California school board, Calaveras Unified School District, on Wednesday, November 10th, they, um, this was last week, they voted 5 to 0 against a shot mandate at the local school. They voted 5 to 0 against forcing little kids to get a shot. And that's good. And you know I don't know probably one of the reasons they voted 5 to 0 against this insanity is because parents spoke up. And school officials spoke up and teachers spoke up and enough people got together and said we're not doing this and the school board said we agree we're not doing this 5 to 0. We're not doing it. So there is some good news going on across the country where people are fighting back. Hey, I'm going to have some guests on my show 
either tomorrow or Thursday, so you're going to stay tuned. But I'm going to have special guests on my show who they themselves have either been injured by the shot or one of their close, immediate family members have been injured by the shot. I'm going to have them on the show, the core, to tell their story because these stories are not being told enough. Uh, These stories are not being told enough. Speaking of stories, this is out of the Gateway Pundit. A cardiologist who said he, quote, won't cry at a funeral for selfish, unvaccinated people, well, he suddenly died in his sleep two weeks after taking the third jab. Reading directly from the Gateway Pundit, a 52-year-old prominent New Brunswick cardiologist suddenly died in his sleep just two weeks after getting his third COVID shot. Over the, sun, uh, over the summer, Dr. Sohab, Sorab Lutmedial attacked, quote, selfish people who choose not to take the COVID jab, he tweeted out in July 2021. For those that won't get the shot for selfish reasons, whatever, I won't cry at their funeral, end quote. Well, the doctor unexpectedly died on November 8th, just two weeks after getting the his third, his booster shot, his COVID-19 booster shot on October 24th. Um, and according to Canadian media, uh, this doctor's friends, family, and colleagues are in shock over his sudden death. You know, and one of the things I mentioned early on about the issue here with these shots is the lack of data integrity, the lack of following through on these VAERS reports. I mean, we we need investigations on these VAERS reports to verify all of this information, all of this data, because we've got people getting the shot and then randomly, I, I say randomly, they get the shot and then they die within a week or two and nobody knows why and then we just move on like that's normal. We need medical examiners, we need coroners, we need doctors diagnosing and coming to conclusive uh, means and with conclusive information about what is happening to these people who are dying after getting the shot. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.